After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, where we bring you hot takes on commercial breaks. We are here to talk about TV commercials, good ones and bad ones, and ones where people say weird shit like this. Anything to declare? Ugh, diarrhea. My name is Andrew Walsh, and I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hello, Vives. Hi, Andrew. I think th- I grabbed that little drop there. A man talking the, to... The diarrhea drop. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a woman at the, the airport. She seems to be French. She must be in a French airport, I'm guessing. Yeah. But I think a Stuck in a French airport with diarrhea. Sounds rough, right? That's a real bad place scenario. I found that commercial because I was looking for a different one where a man gets off an airplane and says to his waiting wife, or she says, what'd you bring back? And he said, diarrhea. <laughs> I think they, they had... And I couldn't find that one. I had seen a clip of it somewhere and I was searching for it and all I could find was a, a Dave Barry column from the 80s or 90s where he referenced it. <laughs> but I couldn't, so I know it existed. But anyway, I found that. So Either I'm, that or you and Dave Barry suffer from the same weird delusion. <laughs> I, uh, you, are you fully adieu with Dave Barry? What does that mean, fully adieu? Fully adieu is like, it's like what... Um, uh, what's his name? Randy Quaid has with his crazy wife, where like one person's uh, craziness kind of infects another person's craziness, or maybe uh, their like their two great tastes of craziness become a whole new kind of craziness together. Like the sum of the craziness is greater than the part. Yeah, arguably. Yeah, huh, interesting. I don't think that me and Dave Barry have that relationship. Ah, oh, too bad. Um, but yeah, I do wonder if Imodium, I keep on saying Imodium AD. I don't think that's right. It's Kaopectate. Okay. I wonder if they had a whole well, series slogan, of- Their slogan should have been, Kaopectate will KO diarrhea. Oh, that's a good, that's pretty good. If they didn't do that, is a wasted opportunity. I almost feel like you sort of, I don't know, like took their commercial campaign and doctored it no. up a little bit. What, what, what's wrong? <laughs> doctor, doctor, what should I do? Tell me. I've got well, diarrhea. It, it's been a while really since we brought while. that out, since yeah. we dusted that off. <laughs> um, but I do think it's interesting if they did have a whole campaign in airports, because I mean, that is a place where you don't want diarrhea, but that also is, you're probably like when you're traveling. That's a top five place you don't want diarrhea. <laughs> yeah. oh, second only to being on the actual plane itself. <laughs> no, well, second only to being in a Saw movie with diarrhea. I, that's a little precursor to something that's coming up. You put together today's show. Yeah, it's not about Saw movies. It's not about Saw movies. We'll tell you what it's about in a second. Everybody just sit tight for a second. But I will say that... Don't I'm worry, un- I'm not going to spoil the latest Saw movie for you. I do want to talk about that because I watched the commercial that you put in there. Mm-hmm. And it fits our theme sort beautifully. Of, yeah. um, but then I continued to watch it. And then I watched the entire trailer for the new Saw movie, which I've never seen a Saw movie before. And I'm going to talk about this later on the show i watched the trailer and i was upset for about a half hour did you watch it did you watch the whole thing i didn't watch the whole trailer i've seen the first one and a half saw movies yeah and did you see any in the theater did you watch the first one in the theater no i watched it on dvd yeah i i just i've been literally watching the trailer kind of rocked me for about 20 minutes or so i don't have i don't have the disposition for watching no. even scary movies, but that torture porn shit. And saw change, saw, saw, you know, invented and perfected torture porn, right? 
Hostel like made a play for the throne, but I think mm. Saw's got it. I always thought of, and this is this one I did see in the theater, and we're way off topic here. We're gonna come back mm. in, in a second, but um, House. We're of still a, talking about movies. House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, that was a rough one, and that came out before Saw, or oh, maybe yeah. around Bef- the yeah. Quite, so quite a not a long, long time, but several years. And before. I feel like that was torture. I remember leaving the theater with you and being like really upset, like yeah. almost physically upset. And well, I remember just saying it's to physically you, physically sickening. I remember just saying to you, it's just. Unrelenting. It is unrelenting. I just, it's like, we, if, well, I if I could I write a review said, of this, it would just be unrelenting. I remember when we left, and I remember saying to you, "Yeah, I think a thousand was probably about right." <laughs> and I remember I was working again. I don't know why we're talking about this, but I was working a weird shift at the time. This is when you know I was, Rain Wilson was in that movie. Yeah, that's right. He gets turned into a fish man. No spoils, and not consensually. <laughs> I sent a photo of I sent a photo to a friend of uh, our cat Bingo sort of sitting on my lap in kind of a funny way. But I kind of realized after I sent it that it was also like it really focused on my crotch quite a bit. Now there was not a lot going on. I was just wearing jeans. There was a lot going on in your crotch. <laughs> like again, I was wearing jeans. It was, it was very tasteful. <laughs> Tasteful. But, it, was, it was a tasteful crotch shot. I sent it to our friend Hauser. I'm like, oh, look, me and Bingo or whatever. And then afterwards I wrote, sorry for the crotch shot. He just wrote back, that's not how consent works, Andrew. <laughs> 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 Any hoozles. I remember I was working like an early morning shift. So I was waking up at like 2.30 in the morning or something and going into work around 3.30 in the morning. And... You know, during that period, I would go to bed kind of early, like eight o'clock at night or nine o'clock. But this was a Friday night, I believe. So I had worked that day, but I was hanging out with you because we were very young. You had come up from Boston to spend the weekend in New Hampshire or whatever. And we would try to still, you know, kind of reclaim our weekends, even though I had this weird sleep schedule. And I remember just walking out of that movie theater like dizzy. Like I I was sleep deprived. I was just like and I, I didn't even know what I had just seen. Yeah. All I know is I saw too much of it. It was in a weird time. I, I used to watch a lot of horror and straight up, you know, slasher, slasher uh-huh. movies, you know, and I really just like sort of had a stomach for it and it didn't, I didn't take it, it didn't bother me or feel literal to me. Um, and I don't know what made me think you would ever enjoy that, but I was just like, well, that's what I want to see. So we went, I hit a spot, you know what? I remember specifically the movie I was watching when I was like, I'm done watching people get cut up for entertainment mm. and it was a stupid one it was called house of wax oh. paris hilton was in it it was like it was mm-hmm. honestly more a more campy of a, a campier you know in, entry into the slasher flick pantheon they, they these teenagers you know are out for a drive and they get stuck in this small weird town where there seems to be no people and then slowly but but surely they get kidnapped and turned killed and turned into living wax tortured and then turned into wax dummies like wax statues Mm. of themselves uh, one by one and as I was in the middle of this movie which is just so dumb and so bloody and just I was just sitting there thinking like why am I white knuckling my way through this Mm -hmm. like I'm not enjoying seeing teenagers get cut up like Mm -mm. and that was it now I didn't lose my appetite for finding out what happens in horror movies so for a while for like five or six years after I just stopped watching them I would go to those like movie spoiler sites and read like what happens in Hostel 2 oh really (laughs) and I know for a while it's so sick right but there's some sick part of me 
there was a period where I'd walk in on you watching a scary movie with the sound off. I so I the and kind captions of, on yeah I think. so the kind of scary movie that I like to watch with the sound off I still enjoy scary movies and I still enjoy like haunted house movies like um, you know Amityville Horror mm-hmm. is kind of the the original but then you know like Insidious The Conjuring and all of what those was that TV show the haunt the American house Horror Story or no there's the House on Haunted Hill or the House something. on Haunted Hill that's not quite right I think I reversed some of those words but yeah there was a bunch of the haunt there the a bunch haunting of, of Hill House maybe? yeah the haunting of Hill House they made a bunch of like the haunting mm. kind of anthology shows anyway um, I still like scary movies and shows but for ones where it's going to be a lot of jump scares like they, they, there's a basement door. It has to be opened and somehow gone down mm, only no. carrying a candle or a, no. or a flickering flashlight. I really want to watch it, but I found that with the sound off, this, the cues for when to get scared and when to jump mm-hmm. don't hit me. Yeah. So I can find out what happens without being scared. I didn't grow up watching scary like movies. And I'm sitting here while you're talking, listening to you intently, but also doing an honest audit of movies that scared me when I was a kid. Yeah. And here's the list I've come up with. Oh and you're going to think I'm spoofing you because it's so ridiculous. <laughs> and I'm trying to think, like, I can't be right about this. There must have been actual scary movies that I watched. But the ones, the movies that I remember scaring me as a kid were um, the... Uh, Wall Street. <laughs> Wall Street. Just hate capitalism. <laughs> just, uh, even early on, I was like, this is <laughs> This is so scary. This isn't right. No, um, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, the Disney cartoon. Well, that's a scary... The Headless Horseman that's scared That's a scary the, idea, yeah. This is my 20s. Um, and Gremlins. Yeah. And... Um, I mean, it was comedy. It was horror comedy. I want to say Star Trek... Two earwigs. earwigs. Is that steer, is that the second one or the third one? I think that's con. That so. might be okay. That would be two. So I that's think. Two. I remember, and I, I think I've probably told you this many times. I don't know if I've said it on the show, but we would have like Friday nights. I think it was Friday, not Saturday, but either way, there was one night of the week that was always pizza night in our house. And my parents, you, now that you know my <laughs> my dad and me, how I grew up to be, very um. Uh, well, you know, well, definitely afraid of us kids making a mess eating sure. pizza on the couch or something. But we would have like pizza movie night. So my dad would set up two card tables, one for me and one for my sister next to each other, put chairs there. So me and her were sitting like right in front of the TV, but like with our plates in front of us and probably cutting our pizza too. <laughs> Instead of like just sitting at the couch like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This is worse than a Saw movie pie. to me. <laughs> and then uh, my and dad would be on the couch or whatever watching the movie and we would watch all kinds of stuff you know usually kids fair but i think they just thought yeah star trek that's you know that that's fine that's you wouldn't think of it as being horrific in any way there is it's the only time i remember body horror in star trek but it's not what it's known for and i i had to ask my parents to stop it i remember being so upset trying to eat my pizza and watching those earwigs go in and the guy sweating through the glass of the helmet or whatever yeah and i remember just being really well wigged out honestly and they stopped the 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 show for me so yeah those things were scary and it was very frightening how it was how, how it was depicted it was very like you know they really ramp up the tension so we are really far away from um what we're going to be talking about on today's show but that was fun um will you explain what your concept for today's show is because it's interesting well we have been talking a lot about movies and that's quite germane because it's true. We are going to be talking about ads that uh, reboot popular movies uh, in some form or fashion, either by finding, you know, having the 
the actors reprise their roles or putting a new a different actor in a famous iconic role um showing a fame you know using a famous scene but somehow integrating it with the product mm-hmm. um and so we'll be talking about movie reboots uh for commercial campaigns yeah i like that this is not a great example of it but we almost came close to it um a couple of shows ago when you um played for me a commercial with Catherine o'hara uh, yeah. and uh, Kevin Hart and, and Kevin Hart but it was like a nod towards the Home Alone movie she's wandering around looking for Kevin who she's lost again yeah that one was just kind of a nod these I've tried to make them as much as possible to be real either you know sort of like condensed versions of the movie or the, the iconic scenes almost. of the movie yeah. Um, there are, you know, it was kind of funny how, how I ended up looking for these. I just sort of, after, there, were, there were a couple that I was thinking of that are, often these are like very high profile ads, like so-and-so reprises their role mm-hmm. and it like makes the news and it's in a Super Bowl commercial or whatever. Yep. Um, there was a Oh break- yeah, like Legally Blonde was in the Super Bowl. Remember, they didn't they get the gang back together for, no, not Legally Blonde. You're talking but- about Clueless. Clueless, yes. yes, that's what I clueless said. Legally is, clueless, yes. legally clueless was in that was in the Super Bowl. The there was a popcorners, uh, which is like a, a chip, with uh, the Breaking Bad. Yes, 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 yes. Characters, yep. and I rewatched it today um, at, for the in preparation for this show. And you, I think, were kind of underwhelmed by it. There is a line where Brian Cranston says to Jesse, "We don't eat our own supply or whatever about these chips," and Jesse goes. Mr. White in such a great I mean like I just la- I laugh just thinking about it it's such a he just, just him doing that just voice in a comedic voice, way but and for a, a funny not, reason yeah yeah it's so good Yes, science. Um, <laughs> yes, okay. science. So, okay, so I'm really looking forward to going through your list of uh, kind of almost like movies rebooted for commercials. Yeah, and, in and this way. kind of I should say I got started because Walmart did a really pretty soup to nuts reboot or like recap of Mean Girls with a lot of the yeah, original. Yeah, we'll cast talk about that in a second. That was running recently. I saw that uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I remember like I saw it in some situation where I was paying attention to it. Maybe it came across my computer or something, and I remember finding it. Well, again, I'm, I already said like I already said that uh, uh, Gremlin scared me, but uh, I, I know I'm a sensitive so mean creature. Girls also there was something you. about the Mean Girls commercial where it was so jam packed with so many jokes that I either didn't get or couldn't quite remember that I almost felt it, it, like I felt overwhelmed. Point of order. Yes. Have you seen Mean Girls? Yes. Yeah. Oh, and okay. I and I believe that I've seen Mean Girls more than once, and it's a movie that I like. You know, it's not one of those movies that to. I mean. Listen, you're talking to me. There are cultural phenomenon that totally missed right. me. I didn't see the first Jurassic Park until five years ago with you when yeah. you took me to like when they were showing at the IMAX. I mean, the original one from like I there, I've never seen Titanic. So I mean, obviously there are I, I will be the first to admit there are things I've missed. But but I feel like Mean Girls I've seen several times. That's like got like um, Tina Fey in it and stuff, right? Well, she wrote it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she, I, I, I and she stars like, in it. I feel like I'm familiar with that movie, but man, I guess I forgot a lot anyway we'll get to that i also just want to preview something else that we're going to talk about genevieve this is going to sound like i'm being hyperbolic but i think an ad counselor introduced me to my new favorite ad campaign wow heaping a lot of love on the progressive campaigns last week specifically flow obviously there's a always a place in my heart for for flow and dr rick yeah but there are three commercials all part of the same campaign that I am obsessed with I can't as wait. of two hours ago. So, all right. First, though, let's talk about film. Go on film. 
Name the artist. <laughs> George Jones. All right, we should probably start with the uh, Walmart uh, commercial, right? Yeah, you're right. The... And you're right when you said that there's a lot to this one. Uh-huh. And it's it really rewards rewatching because it is every single detail is is a reference to the original movie. And if you've seen it a lot, which many people have, it's like a real rewatchable kind of uh-huh. movie. Um Every little detail that you see is is has meaning and has a is a reference or a joke or something. Um, so I should say that, roughly speaking, the premise of this movie or <laughs> this movie, this tiny movie mm-hmm. that is selling Walmart, uh, the premise of this commercial is that three of the main characters from Mean Girls, which is Lindsay Lohan's Katie, mm-hmm. um, Lacey Chabert's. Uh, Oh gosh, how embarrassing that I can't think of her name. But the the two other mean girls, Lacey mm-hmm. Chabert and uh, Amanda Seyfried, uh, Karen and um, and the other one, the brunette. Let it go. Uh, they now are a generation older, right? They're the they're the age of the moms that mm-hmm. of the moms in the first one. They now have high school. Some some of them, one of them, uh, Lacey Chabert has uh, has daughters who go to this high school, their high school. And a lot of what is happening in the hallways and in the in the story of the commercial is like reenacting the Mean Girls stuff, of like events of Mean Girls, but with this younger generation of of characters. Meanwhile, the three original actors are like integrated into the story in various ways. Uh, one of them is a mom of the kids. Lindsay Lohan is the guidance counselor at this high school, um, and for some reason, Amanda Seyfried is like out on the football field doing a news report. Okay. With her like trademark uh stupidity. So, do you want this is a long commercial and yeah. it's like I said chock a block with like references and stuff and it went by so I found it to be very manic the first time I saw it. I've only seen it once, so I might be overplaying that. But my question for you is procedural yes um should we just hit go on this and you tell me when to pause it when you need to explain something or would you rather just like listen to it once all the way through and then like kind of back announce anything that needs to be explained uh let's see it's a minute long why don't we go through why don't we play a little bit and then stop and we'll talk okay back explain tell me when you want tell me when you want me to so we open on the outside of the mean girls high school which is just a very traditional looking high school at North Shore, some things never change. On Wednesdays, we still wear pink. Get in, sweetie. We're going deal shopping. But now we shop. Okay. So what was what's happened so far is we have three girls uh, slow mo walking out like they're clearly the mean girl click. Um, but they're the new generation. The new we generation. don't know these people. Yes, we don't know these girls, but they're. Um, uh, you have a three three high school girls all dressed in pink, like mm-hmm. looking very stylish, looking very popular. Um, and as they're walking out of the school, Lacey Chabert pulls up, and she's obviously the mom of one of them. And she says, get in, we're going shopping, which is a callback to, you know, get in, loser, we're going shopping. Oh, okay. That nope, Regina Sh- famously Regina George. And I would note that Rachel McAdams is and Lizzie Kaplan are way too big of stars to be in this oh, thing. Oh, okay. All right. It's a, I think it's a, me- it's a me- metric on how, like, too successful some of the people in, are to be in this ad. Which is interesting because it felt like such a vehicle for Lindsay Lohan. Well, she was for sure the star, and at the time of yeah. Mean Girls, she was the biggest star in it. Yeah. Rachel McAdams, I mean, her life has been an interesting yeah. collage since then. Uh, Rachel McAdams is by far the bigger star now. 
uh, as is, I would say, Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah. You're saying Lohan's life was yes. an interesting collage. Yeah, I thought you... Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, so um, she come, she pulls up. She's the mom of one of the girls, and I guess she's coming off as a little cringy because the girls kind of like roll their eyes, right? Yes, and that's a big thing in the in the movie, too, is that the, the, the Regina George, Rachel McAdams character... Her mom is played by Amy Poehler. That's why I was tr- I was going to ask you that I couldn't think of and Amy's she's just, name. She's yeah. desperate to see- be seen by her daughter as cool as she- a peer, as the cool mom. Yeah, yeah. And as a peer, and so she's constantly debasing herself in the name of trying to seem cool. So. Uh, I'm sorry. I gotta look up who she played in. Who okay, Lacey I'm gonna played. hit play on this again. You can get the name of that character, and I'll start this over. At North Shore, some things never change. On Wednesdays, we still wear pink. Get in, sweetie. We're going deal shopping. But now we shop Walmart Black Friday deals. Buckle up. Now, did I just miss a reference here with this license yes. plate? So, so her name was Gretchen Wieners. I can't believe I forgot Gretchen Wieners. Oh, name. okay. Gretchen Wieners is the one driving this, drive, going deal shopping. She holds up the Walmart app mm-hmm. on her phone as if popular girls, good luck Walmart being the place where popular girls like to shop. With coupons. With coupons, yeah. Um, her Gretchen Wieners license plate says Strudel Girl. Yeah. And the reason she has so much money and clout in Mean Girls is that her father invented toaster strudel, which is kind of a oh, running gag. Okay, I did not remember so that. So this is all stru- toaster strudel money. So her license plate And by is- the way, toast this toaster strudel heiress also not shopping at Walmart. <laughs> yes. So license plate is Strudel Girl, and it does say the shopping state, and it says Carpe Fetches Diem. I oh, get that one. Fetch is, yeah, she's trying to make fetch, fetch. happen. Fetch. Karen Smith here with the weather. There's a 30% chance it's already Wednesday. We were a school obsessed. If you have Walmart Plus, you will get three-hour early access to Black Friday deals. And now this is a very weird part of it for me. The music that we're hearing under this is a Missy Elliott song. But now the person that we're seeing in front of this blackboard giving this lecture about Walmart. She looks like she might be a gym teacher. She's got um, whistles around her neck, track suit, and it looks like she's she does have like a, a blackboard, but it looks like it's a pullout blackboard in the middle of a gymnasium somewhere. Right, as if she's doing, you know, X's and O's or whatever. But it's Missy Elliott, which who has no connection connection to mean girls is that a diversity and inclusion situation as we make this commercial in 2023 i don't remember the movie itself was it all like was white t- girls tim meadows was too busy <laughs> but like were all the main characters white in that and, like than- the click and everything there weren't any like um students like main characters no uh, the, the only main character the only like church even sort of secondary character of color would probably be tim meadows so, okay there were some asian characters who had a few speaking parts but a few speaking lines but nothing major so i'm wondering if aside from just being able to get missy elliott this is where it starts to feel like a super bowl commercial mm-hmm. to me a little bit it's like well we have all this money we can get all these people but i do think that maybe just making a commercial in 2023 where like all of the main players are are, are white would be a problem Problem, right, so I think that's probably they true. To include a person of color. Yeah, in, in and of way. course, I'm always happy to see Miss Yelly, yeah. but she feels very randomly inserted. It here. does seem confusing. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I, if we need, if we need to not have this be like White Fest 2023, which I agree, we sh- yeah. should not have. Which um, is funny because you were original organizer for White I Fest. I own the URL. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but just so no one else can. But use time, it. but times, but times, times change, have changed. and you no longer. <laughs> <laughs> are the Perry Farrell of White Fest. 
It's good to see you grow with the times. Well, if we can't learn from our mistakes. <laughs> okay. Um, Should we go back to this commercial as I make you more and more, more uncomfortable? More and more to some kind of crazy, crazy white, white okay. fist founder. <laughs> so no, we, I mean, have, I we have Missy Elliott. I just Elliott, think yeah. like, what, come on, Walmart. You're Walmart. Yeah. You can afford Tim Meadows. Go get Tim Meadows. Tim Meadows, because yeah. Because then he'd be, I mean, give him a big role in the commercial by all means. He's in the actual, there's a reboot of, of Mean Girls, like a TV yeah. I think it's like musically musicalized version of it with new actors, but Tina oh. Fey is in it, and I believe Tim Meadows is also in that. That's like running now, or that was a couple of years ago. No, it's like running now or about to. Oh, air. really? Yeah. So, there's, so Mean Girls is really having a moment. Yeah, I think that's probably why. I think they're. I think this is all probably synergy. I would be interested in knowing after this whole awkward conversation we just had about inclusion in this commercial. I I, I point the finger at myself for that. I um. I wonder if, do you think that Missy Elliott is in the new TV show? Could that be a tie-in that you and I are missing? If so, she was not featured in the in the promo that okay. I watched for it. But right. I find it hard to believe that she wouldn't have been heavily featured. Gotcha. Okay, so anyway, we have uh, Coach uh, Elliott in front of a blackboard, and she's giving people the lowdown on, on the rules for the Walmart Black Friday sale. Access to Black Friday deals. D. D. Even as the guidance counselor, I was still getting schooled. Gruel. Huh? It's nothing. Gruel? So, <laughs> I love this. is like the annotated version of, of Mean Girls for you. So if you couldn't tell from the voice, the guidance counselor that who's been doing the VO for this whole thing and who we just saw talking to these two students is Lindsay Lohan. Looking pretty good, I must say. Um, and she says, gruel. Gruel is a joke from the movie where she's trying to talk to the boy she likes, Aaron Samuels. I got that, but I can't remember Gretchen Wieners. <laughs> she's trying to talk to Aaron Samuels, her big crush, and she starts to say cool, or starts to say good, but then decides to say cool. And I it see. comes out as gruel. I see. Okay, a little callback And there. when she says gruel, for no reason in this ad, the two teenage girls just like I roll their eyes right. at her. Uh, definitely seems forced, as most things in this commercial so far feel to me. Um, now we're, it looks like we're setting up for the big winter talent show. The, of course, uh, I remember that part. Jingle Bell Rock. The Jingle Bell Rock dance thing, that yeah. No school administration on planet Earth would allow that yeah. to go forward. And apparently this is something they've been doing every year. In the in the in the, of the universe movie. of the yeah. movie, these these popular girls do this sexy, almost strip tee. No, they don't strip, it's but it's strip like tees, it's yeah. a very sexual dance um, with like thigh high boots and whatnot. Mm -hmm. and short Santa skirts. Yes. Uh, every year for the Christmas talent show. I like the way like suddenly like I can describe that scene in great. Sure, detail. you remember you remember that <laughs> the high schoolers dancing. I remember the t the first yeah. time I watched that, just being like, I don't think I, this isn't this isn't right. You could teach the choreography from that scene, no problem. I am such a good mom. I'm impressed, and I'm Karen. We know. Yeah. Now we see the younger generation of these three girls that we saw at the beginning uh, of the commercial. They're up there in the uh, sexy little outfits, and they're doing their high school dance like high schoolers should. While girl world was at peace, girl world was just getting started. And we have Gretchen Wieners, who's the mom of one of them, in the aisle taking pictures and kind of like half dancing along, much like her, uh, much like 
uh, Amy Poehler did, who was Regina George's mom. Was so Amy... she's really stepped into the Regina I see. Amy Poehler? Yes, movie, as sort of role. the the cool the the mom who's desperate desperate to be cool, but also a little bit helicoptery yes. in that. Like, wasn't she playing? Was she accompanying them on the piano or something in the movie, or was there some other mom that? Uh, no, Tina Fey. They kick. They end up kicking the boombox into oh, this right. into this sure. audience. Yes, it yes. kills their music. Which okay, this they're having a whole talent show, and the way they do the music is is a boombox. They put just a like a tape player on the front of the stage. Yes, yeah, and right. hit play. No, you would have like a sound system. Yeah, of course. And somebody would hit play from the back. Of course. Anyway, this so. Whole I don't know about this. <laughs> the com- now you're going back. Now I, now the I commercials wonder if ruining the movie. True. This is getting too tedious. We're near the end. So anyway, and again, it all just feels forced to me, and it just feels unrelenting. No. <laughs> um, well, it's all just this references. This is the house of a thousand corpses of TV commercials. Well, for it's me. just that it's like it's it's all references and no jokes. Yeah, exactly. And so whatever. So now she's like taking photos of the girls as they're dancing, and now are we just going to get a bunch of information about what is uh, for sale here? I see somebody's receiving a fax machine that for uh, that is showing an RCA projector and somebody wrote slay on it. Is slay a joke in Mean Girls? Well, what we're clearly looking at here is the scene from the movie where somebody, aka Regina George, takes the burn book, which you know what the burn book is, right? The burn book, since I can tell from your expression <laughs> that you don't, is a mean thing that these mean girls do where they like, they, they say and they like put together a little like a physical collage about all their classmates like saying mean things and you know picking out ugly pictures of them and and writing mean captions on it and they kind of look at it it's like this little thing that they do to make themselves feel special and elite and as a plot point in the movie one of the characters prints out copies of all of the pages from this burn book and distributes it distributes it to the population to gen pop well, that rings a million. and so it creates just chaos as people are reading what other people have said about them and like this you know what rumors have been said about them and so this is like recapping that idea but with it like pictures like kind of like pasted together collages of things that you can buy at walmart on black friday yeah and it, it, we gave a lot of time to the idea of the boombox being kicked off in the original movie i don't know if this is going to get kicked or not but they do good product integration here like they show like a boombox style bluetooth speaker right. it looks like a jbl or something like that um that is for sale at walmart and anyway now we're seeing this like um i guess these deals being distributed black friday deals start next wednesday I see. So now everybody's seeing these things being distributed in their lockers. It's the crazy chaotic scene in the hall where there's like a big fight. What I am surprised they didn't work in because when I think of the other, and again, I think we've proven that I don't know shit about this movie. Um, A movie that you've allegedly seen several times. Not several. I I know I saw it all the way through once because I think you and I saw it in the theater. I probably did, yeah. yeah. Um, But I thought one of the most iconic scenes in the movie is when... um, She's sitting in class and a guy asks her what day it is. And it's like, it's kind of a big deal yes. that she knows it's Wednesday or whatever. Um, it's like right? a big deal that he asks her. Yeah. She, she, it's that crush, that that time in her life when she's crushing so hard on this guy that every dumb interaction that they have is memorable to her. And she's like totting them up as like special interactions when he like happens to turn around and casually ask her what day it is. Like when I talk to you. That's how I always feel. <laughs> Are you surprised that they didn't work that in? That feels like one of the most iconic parts of that movie. I'd bet you a million dollars that they shot that 
and yeah. they shot some reference to that, and they had to cut it for yeah, time. Yeah. Um, okay, so you will be surprised to hear that we are one half hour already into today's recordings, and we're just getting started here. And so one commercial down. And one commercial down. So I'm going to try to be less um, obtuse for the rest of the show and see if we can get through some of these. Do you want to go with this Ferris Bueller one next? Yeah, there are actually two for Ferris Bueller. Okay. Um, one of them is, I think, from this is a bit old now. I think it's from like 10 years ago or so. This is for the Honda CRV, and it's uh, with actually with Matthew Broderick. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wakes up and he does a fake, or he's he's in bed and he does the mm-hmm. I'm sick, the I'm sick, yeah. the fake I'm sick call yeah. instead of to his dad, it's to his, I would guess, his agent or manager. Okay. But his manager on the other end of the line basically does an impression of what his dad does in the movie kind of like hey champ you know you take care of yourself and then as soon as he's off the hook for whatever work he had to do today uh matthew broderick uh takes off and gets in his honda crv and has a day like a montage of adventure does the crv end up crashing out of a uh two-floor garage glass window no but the last scene of it is uh the valet taking it and, uh, and doing the scene where the valet like yeah, it takes like, it for a real joy takes it for a joy ride and we see it from underneath the car as it like leaves the ground yes nice this will be okay mm-hmm. I'm calling the studio Matthew you're not shooting today he bought it life is packed with things you have to do but sometimes you gotta live a little look I don't know what to tell you. He's sick. Actors get sick sometimes. So we should mention, like, he's riding roller coasters. He's and going to the museum. He's going to the museum and he's in a having parade. a good day off, if you will. But now, very true to the original movie, right, he finds himself in a parade. We see his manager at, like, some cafe, like, counter or somewhere in a restaurant that has a TV on. And while uh, this guy is defending Matthew's reputation, he's just missing off the <laughs> in the corner of his eye the TV that shows that Matthew Brown. Roderick is once again singing in this parade. And that's exactly how... Yes. And you know what? Is it a parade? Yes, it is a parade. It, it is, is a parade. parade. It's, yeah. a, it's not the same kind of parade. I think it's a, like... This is like maybe a Chinese New Year's this parade. This looks like a Chinese New Year parade. The the one... He sings Donka Shane and then uh, Twist and Shout yeah. in, the, in the original Was movie. Was that it's, like a St. Patrick's Day? It feel, I don't think... It's like a German-inflected oh, scene okay. that he's oh, in. Oh, Donka Shane. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what they're celebrating yeah. in Chicago that day. He's sick. Actors get sick sometimes. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Get going in the all-new CRV from Honda. And there you you see um, the valet taking the car out for a joyride. Now I have a question for you. In that final shot, you see somebody driving the car. They don't really focus on the valet. Um, but in the passenger seat is a big stuffed panda bear. Is yeah. that a reference to the movie that I don't remember? I think it's just something he picks up in his adventure I in see. this commercial. If it's a reference to the movie, I'm not okay. getting it. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, that's all right. Yeah. It's nice to see Matthew Broderick, uh, sure. you know, be Ferris bueller again. That was 2012. But let's say you like Ferris Bueller parodies, but mm-hmm. you want your you like your Ferris Bueller's to be Ferris Bueller aged. You like them to be young. Oh, okay, you like sure, them yeah. Young. No, I I love my Ferris Bueller. I like young. him to be so young. Yeah. Do you remember who Joe Keery is? No. Well, he was one of the stars of Stranger Things. He was the which one? Curly haired kid. Um, he's like the cool guy in the oh, first the older season. guy. He's the, the older, older guy. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And then I think he over the ensuing seasons, and I like fully lost track of that show after season two um 
he's like I think becomes kind of more integrated with the the other kids in the show, and he's not just like Mister Popular Guy. Yeah, but he's like the he's like the older sister's boyfriend in yep, the first yep, one. Yep, yep, or first season. I think he kind of saves the day. Uh, I said that so that it wouldn't spoil it for anybody who right. hasn't seen it. Yeah, no, he if turns, you say he's it good, in that voice. He's a good character. Yeah, it, um, it kind of yeah. He kind of has a little bit of a turn, or we see more depth from yeah, him. Yeah, you would you would kind on. of yeah. think that like the popular guy would be a jerk, Super but he's actually shallow, not yeah. a jerk. I remember this commercial now that you're like describing him and it. He it's him that actor reprises the Ferris Bueller role, right? Yes, yeah. So this is just the final scene from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, where Ferris is saying goodbye to Sloan, his girlfriend, mm-hmm. and then looks up or somehow. It dawns on him that he has moments to get home before his family and sister and ultimately also his principal uh, all realize, all get there and realize that he's not sick, right? So he's going to run through some backyards? It's a, this is a backyard run he's through the gonna backyard jump through some. He's going to jump over some sunbathers maybe? Yeah, but then say hello to them because they're pretty late. Yes, like, exactly. No matter how late you ever something, you can always find time to just like, you know make a pass at some mm-hmm. hot bikini ladies. Sure, babes. yeah. I mean, bikini ladies. So he's saying goodbye to a Sloan-alike here. Um, mm-hmm. And she's dressed very much like Sloan and looks a lot like her. Yeah, she's got good body language here like Sloan, I can see. Um, but then he kind of looks up and instead of realizing that he's going to be late for getting caught while he's away, like while he's faking sick, he realizes that he's got to beat the Domino's delivery guy uh, to his house. Should we go? Yeah. Was this a song from the movie? You know, I don't remember if this is the song that plays during that scene. It doesn't exactly sound familiar to me. That doesn't mean it isn't it. But I wonder if whatever it was, they couldn't get the rights for mm-hmm. it. The Chicka Chicka Oh Yeah song is very connected to this movie, right? Yes. Yeah. It's Domino's. I have to go. He's jumping over hedges and gates. Get that pizza. Now this is the song that plays during I the see. real run. Yeah. Running through backyards, people are having picnics, grilling. He steals a guy's water from his Now grill. we're see we're seeing the deliver the, the Domino's delivery car and he's sort of like trying to cut around, you know, cut mm-hmm. through backyards while it's driving on the streets. There, oh, there are the, the bikini, bikini ladies. ladies. Hello, hello. I just, uh, I just ordered Domino's. That's actually pretty funny. He, he delivers re- that well as he shakes their hand. Now he's running down the street and a red Audi pulls up next to him. Who's driving it? <gasps> it's it's Alan Ruck, a.k.a. Cameron. And he does the sort of part where the, where the dad looks up, sees Ferris, looks uh-huh. down, and then does a double take. So in this, we think that this is Cameron's son in this universe then, right? You know what? I don't know if that's intended to be the, the takeaway there. He he does the, this is the endless jump off the trampoline part. He lands in front of the house, and then he lands Looking in front of this. some feet. But it's the Domino's delivery guy. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> that's the Domino's guy at the end. <laughs> Who introduces Order the chicka chicka. Pizza with Domino's. That's pretty well done. Yeah, I like it. You know, I mean, it. it uh, I love seeing Alan Ruck do a, just yeah. like get a little cameo. I mean, yeah. not that he's having a like a bad career. He's having a great career. No, I believe he's running for president. <laughs> 
Um, and also uh, Joe Keery, who I would have never known that name. He does a really nice job yeah. in this. Like, given the fact that there's very little dialogue and you just sort of have to sell it, like, he comes off as very, I mean, people are not going to be shocked to hear this, but he does come off as, like, very charming. It's yes. a very charming commercial. He's a handsome kid. He's got a lot of mm-hmm. charisma. He hasn't really broken big, Joe Keery. I think maybe people huh. kind of bet, you know, bought a lot of Joe Keery stock when he was in Stranger Things, and I don't know if it's really paid off yet. Um, yeah, I mean, I you know, I think that that is such a cult hit, and also, like, probably maybe younger generations. It was massively successful. Yeah. What are you talking about? It's not a cult. Oh, I'm sorry, but I mean, maybe the long tail of it, and maybe, you're right, it was massively successful, but I just think that, like, and maybe I'm just thinking about, like, you know, our buddy Luke's nieces. Like, they are, you know, they were, like, between ages of, I'm going to say, like, 11 and 13 when it came out or something. And I think Joe Keery probably just looms so much larger in their life than ours. I see what you mean, though. He mm-hmm. hasn't, like, he hasn't had his next series on Hulu or Netflix or we haven't seen him in a lot of movies. But... Right. I mean, look, I can't, I'm not saying that I know what kids are into and most of the people that are quote-unquote famous now are like completely invisible to me Mm -hmm. because they're all like YouTube famous but I think I can tell if like an actor really breaks through Mm -hmm. to the mainstream and I don't think that Joe Keery has done that and I I am surprised because Stranger Things was a mainstream hit yeah no you're right Uh, I don't know why I even brought that up but um, this next commercial I accidentally mentioned the top of the show I didn't know what was in your list but um, you know I'll bet you a bunch of these are Super Bowl commercials because there's so much star talent and it just fits that Super Bowl mold of like let's do something that is both retro but high budget that sucks people in and like you know and and I'm quite certain that this clueless commercial for Rakuten was a Super Bowl ad was it like two bowls ago I want to say yeah 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 yeah. Um, so we can skip it if you want. I know we talked about it two years ago, um, but it's it's pretty. Oh, cool. it was last year actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, well, it's got Alicia Silverstone uh, in in the role of Cher. She's got the iconic outfits on, um, and she's do. It's the debate. It opens with a debate scene from class where she's mm-hmm. having to debate uh, one of the other girls. Um, but instead of debating whatever topic, what it was, the Peloponnesian War or whatever, <laughs> or no, I think it was, I think it was something in Shakespeare. I think it was some some Shakespearean thing. Um, I think they're debating the um, the reasons to buy Rakuten or the reasons to have okay. Rakuten. Yeah, I see. And this is oh, this is just a thirty second version. I feel like there was a longer version. Well, right? there were a number of teasers for it, and there are other uh. there are other bits to this campaign where she she has other famous scenes, kind of reenacts other famous scenes. This one is the the debate scene, and then it cuts to like kind of a montage of her trying on outfits and things like that. I used to be pretty clueless about shopping. Like, when I heard I could save by getting cash back with Rakuten, I was like, as if. Then I was like, why didn't I do this sooner? You can get cash back on all the fashion at your fave beauty stores. And on pretty much whatever. Who put that there? In conclusion, you'd have to be butt crazy to shop with that Rakuten. Whatever. Aren't you a little old for high school? (laughs) What? A little old for high school, and then her response saying what and winking. Is that a reference, or is that just a joke? I think it's just a joke. Okay. And just like her being in character. Yeah, yeah. I like her. I, I like, Oh, I, I like her. I really like, I like Alicia, Alicia Silverstone. Silverstone. Yeah. I saw her Again, in something recently. I don't recently. know if I've seen Clueless, so that's kind of, you know, it's all just a bit lost on me. Yeah. I. What makes you not want to watch a movie like Clueless? 
Oh, I just don't sit down to watch any movies really so anymore. So just movies in general. I mean, I, I mean, honestly, you know me better than anybody. You know me better than I know myself. Like, I like going to the movies. I love going to the movies. But I, you know, I don't know what it is about me. But when I'm at home, I, I've been noticing something recently <laughs> about my health. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So oh, this good. is a quick aside here. But it'll be like kind of later at night, like 10 o'clock or 11, and I'll start to feel like kind of like tired, like kind of like as if I've been, you know, like standing all day or something like that. Like my legs will feel, feel tired. And then I'll realize, oh, because ever since I got off work at let's say like five o'clock or six, I've been puttering around the house, cleaning something up, puttering in the kitchen, playing darts. If I'm watching TV at all, I am standing and folding clothes and walking around like, I just don't like to sit, <laughs> I think, or something like at night. And again, I'm not like one of those people who's like, well, I don't watch TV because I think I'm better than you or something. Like the only thing that can get me to sit is if I sit down to play my video game for a little bit, which I haven't been playing as much of because I've been in playing so much darts. But like, I just like, if I'm at home, I don't want to sit down and watch a movie usually. I find that I want to do something. Well, I like to, I've watched so many movies. That's why I'm always caught up on movies because I watch like, I see so many movies. I will just watch like three or four movies in a night sometimes. The like the type of movies I watch is when I need to fold some clothes. And so I'm like, I'll just put something on for a second and then maybe it'll suck me in. And the algorithm on our smart TV down here is really honing in to what I want to watch. And that's why the other day, and it's less and less on main networks. It's like free ad-supported movies on, on YouTube, <laughs> like Corvette Summer that we watched the other you day. Did, you did watch with Corvette Mark Summer. With Ham Mark Hamill and um, Annie, Potts. Annie Potts, which was like such a sleeper of a movie. It came out right after Star Wars, but before Empire Strikes Back. It was like 82 or something like that. And uh, I thought that like some of the cinematography was way better than I'd expect for like just like a... a a, a horny teen movie from yeah. 1982. Yeah, it was a weird amalgamation of horny teen romp and like kind of coming of age fable. So we have, um, you know, our, our dear friends, Kevin and Aaron, and they go by their real names on the podcast. Can I say that? They host the You Blew It podcast. They go by their real names on that, so. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, they uh, review movies that are on uh, Blu-ray, right? And they uh, it's the weekly, bi-weekly, like occasionally that. or something. And yeah. um, I was talking to Kevin about how I stumbled on this great movie, and <laughs> there this movie that I was surprised at how much I liked it. And he immediately recognized that I was talking about Corvette Summer. He's like, oh, Corvette Summer. He's of like, yeah, course. yeah, yeah. He, of if course he one, knew about it. If there's one American who knows the name of the movie Corvette Summer, it's without Kamara it's Camaro Kev. And yeah. he started saying how, like, his brother... Trying to think what the dynamic was, but it was something like his brother knew about it, but like hated it because he was like a Star Wars fan or something. He thought it was stupid that Mark Hamill was playing. I, I don't know exactly what the. I mean, details. he couldn't be less like uh, Luke Skywalker. As yeah, a character. right. Although there are shots that are kind of because it's, parts of it take place out in the desert in um, Las Vegas or the yeah. outskirts of Vegas. Like there are some shots that actually look like Tatooine or something. But anyway, or no, is that the Cold Planet? No, you got it right. Oh, look at me. Um, 
Sarlacc is another thing from Star Wars. Uh, anyway, um, what I was going to say was, apparently Kamarakev has never seen the movie. He only knew of it, and it <laughs> and was, was much ridiculed or something. But he has it on Blu-ray, <laughs> and they're planning on doing uh, that podcast soon. Oh, you, should, you soon. should sit in on that one. Well, they invited me to. He you said, really oh, he said, oh, you got... Because I'm telling him about how much I love this... Again, love is a strong word, but how impressed I was with aspects of this movie that I thought was going to be just total shit. Um, and he was like, yeah, you got to do it. And then I realized, like, no, like, you guys do that too late. I'm too old of a man now. They don't oh even start. They watch the movie, and then they record the podcast immediately after. I don't even think start watching the movie until, like, 8 o'clock at night or something. Yeah, what am I, I did, a teen? I did one with them, and it was, yeah, You we, start, we got over there, like, had a couple drinks, started the movie at, like, 10 o'clock at night. And then recorded. Yeah, I don't think that I'm. I don't. You can't think, handle I that. Think I'm Take too a nap. Old for Come that. On. I don't oh know. My God. Anyway, let's move on. So you may hear me on "You Blew It," or I wish you, you might would. not. But either way, please listen. It's a great podcast. Um, so this next one, we we're going to get into some Home Alone territory. You can't do a show like this without getting into some Home Alone territory. You know they're going to make a Home Alone. Yeah, because that's a like. There's a certain kind of movie. It has to be iconic. It has to have a lot of very recognizable scenes and set pieces and things that can be like parodied or riffed on in some way. So this ad's been running. I don't know if it's still running, but it's been running kind of recently. This is for Google Assistant, and it stars adult Macaulay Culkin, but he's he's sort of styled up like young Kevin McAllister. I feel like this was another Super Bowl commercial, by the way. I think I remember this being a Super oh, Bowl maybe. commercial. This was posted four years ago. So are you sure this is still in rotation? Boy, I feel like I saw it kind of recently, huh. but, but maybe I didn't. Okay. Um, anyway, it's for Google Assistant, um, and it kind of posits what would happen if Macaulay Culkin, if, if Kevin McAllister was left home alone nowadays with modern technology. Like, think about all the all of the hassles. Or like, think about how easy it would be to... Uh, to you know, just have his life in the house with Google Assistant to help him. And so it starts with an establishing shot of that big house, you know, the like uh, the Home Alone house. Yeah. Why am I blanking on the director, John? Um, uh, Hughes. No, John Hughes. You know, all of the John Hughes houses are these huge, beautiful, rich suburban outside it's all, it's Chicago. Chicago suburbs. Sh- yeah, yeah, Chicago land. So we start with that establishing shot. We see an adult, Kevin McAllister. But it's he's coming out of the attic, looking a little perplexed, um, as he does at the in the first in the scene where he discovers that he's indeed home alone. Mom, Dad, hey Google, what's on my calendar today? You have one event called House to Yourself. Oh yeah. Google, add aftershave to my shopping list. So instead of instead of the famous, you know, cheap hands on the cheeks. He gets. He has no aftershave. He has no aftershave. So this is kind of interesting. Is the implication here that the adult Kevin McAllister kind of grew up just to be living with his parents? Oh, I guess you're right. I mean, if he's looking, because he's, he's like, oh, I got the house myself. Is this supposed to be a little bit like, yeah, he's a little bit of kind of a loser? I don't know. I mean, I guess that's one way to read it. Add aftershave to my shopping list. Hey Google, remind me to clean these sheets later. Okay, I'll remind you. Ah. Bad Someone's in the front door. What do I owe you? Looks like you paid online. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Okay, 
Google. So again, I, mean, I think most people are familiar with these scenes that are being reprised, um, but it, the technology is helping him with all these things. He was jumping on the bed when he said, remind me to wash these sheets later, but then because he's old, his back sort of goes out. Um, he is communicating with the pizza delivery guy uh, via like some sort of smart speaker and, and uh, iPad situation, although it's Google, so it's not an iPad, whatever. It looks like you paid online. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Okay, cool. Hey, Google, turn down the temperature two degrees. And now the... Oh, um, the wet bandits roll up. The wet bandits up. roll up, uh, or a, a van that we are meant to read as the wet bandits. We never see who's in it. Hey, Google, begin Operation Kevin. Operation Kevin underway. Okay, now we see, like, doors are automatically locking using the smart home system, but also the fireplace fires up, and we just see a bunch of automation. And instead of oh, uh, and instead of some uh, a cutout of a person or mannequin spinning around on a turntable, it's on a Roomba. Better get out of here before somebody sees us. Oh, we talked about this, because yes. that's definitely Pesci's voice. Well, it's a Pesci alike. You think so? Yes. You don't, uh, you, you don't, I wonder, is that, is that AI? That wasn't that good. I, could, I feel like I could do that Pesci. You could do that Pesci? Okay, hold on. I want to listen to it again, and then I want to hear yours. All right. Okay, this is going to be good. When you Better get out of here before somebody sees us. That was not Joe Pesci. You don't think that was really Joe Pesci? No. I thought the Better get they... out of here before somebody sees us. Oh, that's, wow. That's like I was in the room with Joe Pesci. Well, it wasn't that far off. Um, I would say that, um... I, I, well, I was assuming that it was a clip from the original movie that they just grabbed and then threw in there, no? I don't think so. Okay, all right, all right. Um, let's move on to KFC. Now, this is one I don't think I've seen, and it's based on the film Rudy? Yes, and I will say that I have not seen Rudy. Me but neither. I am familiar with it because it is iconic. Um, I know Sean Astin plays the unlikely uh, student who becomes a football hero for some reason that's it mm -hmm. i don't know how he becomes good at football or why he is thought to not be good at football i don't know what his obstacles are i don't know what is what he triumphs over but i know he mm -hmm. becomes good at football yeah um so in this it's sort of like it's like it's called rudy 2 it's for kfc if we haven't already said that um uh, it stars sean astin uh in the role of rudy and in this one he has already become rudy in other words he's already won whatever football thing he needed mm -hmm. to win. Um, but now he has a new dream. I think he can explain what that so is. So we see the adult Sean Astin being hoisted by his teammates. Yeah, they kind of replay the... But he's an adult here. Yeah, he's an adult, and yeah. they, they sort of like reenact the la the end scene of Rudy where he's hoisted up on their shoulders. And it begins with a quote, some a, a, you know white text on a black screen that says, sometimes a winner is a dreamer who just won't quit. Take a listen. Rudy's back, but this time, he's got a new dream. When I'm finished with college, I'm gonna be Colonel Sanders. You can't be Colonel Sanders. You're Rudy. Hey, Rudy, I got something for you. You're born to be the Colonel. Well, you get it? There's no such thing as a crazy dream. I'm gonna do whatever it takes. I'm becoming him. 
Okay, yeah. so I want to back up a little bit here. Whoever uh, the man is, and I don't know how this fits into the original storyline, but he's in an, it looks like a lunchroom somewhere, and a man says, you know, you can be the colonel, and he gives him a, it looks like a sweater that says Kentucky Fried on it. Yeah. Um, and as we hear his voiceover more and more, we see close-ups of him, like, it looks like maybe applying a fake white mustache he to his face. He starts dressing up as the colonel, but the colonel in a white, in a football, uh, mm-hmm. in football pads and jersey, but like tricked out to look like the colonel uh, clothes. Oh, you get it? There's no such thing as a crazy dream. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm becoming him. Howdy, folks. I don't care what anybody says. I'm making that chicken. We're going to get him in the fryer, boys. But once we get him in the fryer, we're going to go, 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 go. We're not going to stop until it's finger looking good. From the creators of The Double Down. Are you ready for this? I've been ready for this my whole life. Rudy 2. He's Colonel Sanders now. <laughs> <laughs> I like the clunkiness of the joke. That's the first time I've legitimately laughed at any of these commercials. They I really all, enjoy They're it. all a little thirsty to me, but I really like that I one. also think Sean Astin is great. And he just, is good. And has really great uh, comedic timing. Now, the number on his jersey, and it, that is a really funny visual, too. Yeah. Like, Colonel Sanders, if he were in a football uniform, what would that look like? The number is 11, and I think I know why. Sure. Do you think you know why? Yes. Why? Isn't it eleven herbs and spices? I thought it was too, but yeah. I wasn't positive on that. Um, or, or famously, I think that's just Colonel Sanders' favorite number. Um, okay, so I like that. That got me to laugh. Now, I was going to say before when you were describing like a lot of these films all fit a certain formula. Part of that formula is also that we're the key demographic these days, so it's yeah. a lot of nostalgia for. 80s and 90s iconic films. Right. Now, this one, though, breaks that rule. It looks like, and I, I do not know what we're getting into with this one, but it looks like we have a couple here that are both, um, that are, that both hearken uh, back to, um, I keep on wanting to say Al Brooks, and I don't mean Al Brooks, I mean Alfred Hitchcock. Right. Are um, there any Al Brooks? Do they do a, do they reboot the movie Mother or Defending Your Life? No, to I don't sell think, chicken wings? I don't think that any of Albert Brooks movies, good though they are, <laughs> Rise to the level of, of iconic cultural touchstone. That's in a way. what have we talked about what we would reboot if no. we could? I want to choose defending your life. Okay, what will you be selling? What, what are we selling? I mean, it probably feels like life insurance. Life insurance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or even auto insurance. Yeah. Because somebody crashes car. You show. Yeah. You yeah. could show all the times that you made bad decisions, and it would have been helpful to have life insurance. I think. We're and it's a great something. ad, except that no one's going to know the reference, except you and me. <laughs> okay, so let's start with sight. One of the most famous Albert Brooks films. Right. So I thought of I thought of checking out some very famous, um, you know, Alfred Hitchcock movies because they are so iconic. There's one that's the extra, which I, by the way, I know The Exorcist isn't Al, uh, Alfred Hitchcock, but I, I, in the process of looking for this, there's one that we've actually talked about before that's kind of a funny joke. Uh, that's based on The Exorcist, where the priest walks into the room and sees the Linda Blair. Uh, you know stand in character mm-hmm. or whatever being dragged back and forth across the ceiling and then we pan up and we realize that she's not possessed somebody has a very strong vacuum cleaner yes. above, above that room and is dragging it back and forth and it's the suction that's called I remember that commercial ceiling. is yeah. there any chance that that was a British commercial or I think something? it was yeah, yeah I don't know why I remember sort of a that British, British yeah. feel yeah. Um, this one is for DiGiorno Pizza 
uh, which is it's not delivery, it's DiGiorno, obviously, is their, is their uh, tagline. I think it's a great tagline, by the way. Super memorable. Um, we see the Bates Motel. Uh, it says black and white. It looks pretty much like the original uh, you know, scene from the movie. And we're looking not at the motel itself, although we see the sign, but at the house that sits above the motel mm-hmm. where Norman and his mother live. Mm-hmm. Or, well, Norman and his mother... No spoilers. ...are, let's just say. Um we hear this whole time uh, as as the camera moves us closer and closer into the house. We aren't seeing any people, but we're hearing um, a Norman Bates voice uh, talk to his mother about how uh, this DiGiorno pizza isn't delivery, but yet it can be uh, everything that you want in a pizza. Norman! Yes, mother. What is this? It's pizza, mother. <laughs> half cheese and half pepperoni? Half for you and half for me. Just the way we like it. So, someone delivered this pizza. You know what happens when we have visitors. It's not delivery, Mother. Don't lie to me, boy! No, Mother. It's DiGiorno. Our new half-and-half pizza keeps everyone in the family happy. It's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. Such a good boy. Yes, Mother. Oh, that's great. At the end, they say they they spell out DiGiorno, but it's in that very iconic um, psycho psycho font font with the rip through it. That's really good. It's fun, right? At the end, um, the bewigged character. uh, I don't know why I'm acting. You see her from behind, and she's raising a she raises a, a giant like meat cleaver and chops this this pizza in half down the pepperoni and cheese side. Now, I'm just remembering something here, and that's too strong of a statement. I am half remembering (laughs) something here. I don't remember what the theme was, but I put together a show, I'm going to say maybe a few months ago, and... There was another, I it must have been a DiGiorno ad that took place in the scene of another scary movie. I want to say it was in a, um, did we do a show all about monsters yes. a while back? Yeah, we did. I feel like there were two pizza ones. One where there was like maybe a, maybe a Frankenstein trope in a basement and also a couple of vampires. Does that ring a bell? Well, we definitely did a vampire show pretty recently. Okay, that maybe, that, maybe that was it. Forget everything I said uh, about Frankenstein. We'll get to that later. Uh, I'll say shit about Frankenstein some other time. But no, I think the vampire one was also DiGiorno. And I wonder if they were just, this whole campaign back in the early 2000s was playing around with tropes of old scary yeah, movies. I'm sure maybe. that's right. Yeah. Anyway, I think well done on that one, honestly. They, they capture something about like with that voiceover. And then from outside, you just see like the silhouette of Norman or the Norman character sort of talking to somebody that you don't see. Yeah. And it's like, it's like sort of off a little bit the way it is in the movie. I, well done done DiGiorno Good I raise a pizza to you now this next one is also a Hitchcock uh, invocation I remember this and this is in the um, from the the files of Colin was crazy for a while yeah. <laughs> I know and this was from we one eight- on that last week too I can't get over how crazy you call long- 1-800-COLLECT you and you dial it 100,000 14 digits, digits yeah. and then it's 30 cents a minute <laughs> yes um, on weekends on weekends <laughs> if you can prove if you can prove your blood relatives right exactly so this is 1-800-COLLECT which you were supposed to call if you wanted to call collect but you know didn't want to pay I don't know how it worked I honestly even today have no idea <laughs> Um, we open on the scene. Now, the birds is one of, is probably my, I don't know if it is still, but it, for a long time, it was my very, it was my most favorite Alfred Hitchcock movie. Mm. And I love Bodega Bay, and I love the visuals of the bird. Yeah. I love all the colors, and I just like everything you about it. You were Hedren. I was character. the bird's character for, uh, for, for a Halloween, Halloween costume once. Yeah. God, that green suit was 
too small. And you had a bunch of you sewed a bunch of birds to it. Yeah, it was pretty good actually. Um, it was just a little tight because uh, finding a green wool suit in your size at Goodwill is a challenge. Mm-hmm, sure. Yeah. Um, so we open on the scene in the town where the one of the first big attacks has now is happening. It's in the is in the process of happening. They're stuck in the diner. Or uh, they're about to be stuck in the diner. The birds are causing car accidents, and like now, a car accident uh, causes there to be a big fire at the gas station mm-hmm. because a lit cigarette gets dropped on some. And is this gas. actual footage from yes. the movie? Okay, this is all actually from the movie, and we cut to this. Or it, it it is the scene in which Tippy Hedren runs through this kind of chaos of birds attacking people and gets inside a glass phone booth. And then stands inside cowering while the birds are crashing into it, causing cracks in the screen. Inserted digitally or whatever into this scene, this real scene from the birds, is a guy who runs up to her while she's in the phone booth. And clearly, like, they had this idea, like, what's a scene from a movie where someone looks like they're going to use a phone, like a pay phone, mm-hmm. right? And this is a someone, yeah. who, like, she's not using the pay phone, but, like, she's near a pay phone. Sure. This guy runs up presses himself against the glass again not really in the movie they clearly have like fake like real you know uh stuffed birds that they're using to sort of like throw at him so like he looks like he's in the chaos of the birds and while he's being attacked by birds pressed up against the phone booth he starts extolling the virtues of 1-800-COLLECT she's in the phone booth things are blowing up Birds are crashing in. Excuse me. If you're calling Collect, you should use 1-800-COLLECT. It's fast and easy, and you'll save the person you're calling a ton of money. Have a nice day. 1-800-COLLECT. It's fast, it's easy, it saves. That's pretty good. That would have got my attention. Yeah. If I saw that... uh pop up on the old television in what was that late 90s yeah, yeah i think 90s. so and like the she's re- the way the the way tippy hedron is reacting in the phone booth it almost looks like she's reacting to what he's telling her yeah right and it fun. looks like they looped a couple of little motions yeah, um, sure a, a little bit um i thought i had more to say on that but i don't so let's move on because this next commercial is something that we were alluding to at the very top of the show uh, this is a slightly different beast here, but I got to say I appreciate what they're doing. This is a commercial for what was the latest Saw movie, yes. which I think is maybe w- was out this fall and is already – it probably came out on Halloween. I think it's I gone guess, now. But, yeah. but very recent. This is a very recent ad campaign. And um, this first one – what? tell me uh, the story of Saw. No, don't tell me the story of Saw. Do you want me to give you the broad strokes on what Saw is about? I think I know. I part- you tell me. Yeah, let me tell you what I think I know about Saw because Good, then I, I did watch. I'm looking forward to this because I think I had a broad, a very, very, very broad stroke idea. But then watching the trailer, like the full trailer, which we're not going to play here um, for the movie this afternoon, I think I learned more than I knew originally. Right. So what I originally thought about the Saw movies was random people for some reason find themselves in a dungeon esque scenario where they have to do something horrific to themselves or they will die and somebody or is, sometimes someone else or someone else will die okay and somebody, or sometimes they have to do something horrific to someone else and essentially there is some sort of a, a, a puppet master who's Jigsaw. like who's doing all of this but the puppet master is a human but it's represented by a puppet that he sends into into the dungeon to do the dirty work for him a little white-faced 
puppet. Billy the puppet. Billy the puppet doesn't like. Oh, that's do- not Jigsaw. Jigsaw rep. Jigsaw's the killer. Is the architect of these traps. Oh. Um, but his little avatar is this puppet that we're gonna see here called Billy. Okay. I think. Billy, because I think Billy what is I learned... not featured prominently in the first one. I feel like Billy has really become a bigger part of the Saw movies since the first one. The first one is, you know, not something I would particularly want to watch again, but it's kind of an elegant little beast. <laughs> I uh, I don't know how much you've kept up with the plot, but based on my watching of like the you know two minute trailer or yeah. something for this new one, I believe we now know who Jigsaw is, and his name I think is an homage. His name is John Carpenter, <laughs> and so we act, I think if I'm remembering that correctly from when I watched this afternoon, and again I don't think I possibly can spoil anything because I've never seen the movies, and I just gleaned this from the promotional yeah. material that I watched today. But apparently, I think in this latest edition which is either saw x or saw roman numeral 10 i'm not sure probably saw 10 um they made nine others or is it one of those things where the numbers they just skip ahead like you know how like i mean they probably have made nine of them you think so yeah anyway in this things are super cheap to make they see everybody seems to know that this guy john carpenter was the guy who was doing this shit and i think he had a tumor like a brain tumor or something yeah in the first one it's like oh he's gonna die of cancer oh really in the first one so i don't but then then somehow he like has a so here's the thing you need to know that you've got everything right but you were missing a key ingredient which is that um He's the kind of psycho killer who has a very strict moral code. Oh, sure. And so all of his traps and and moral dilemmas and you have to cut this key out of this guy's brain or your head's going to get ripped open by this crazy machine I invented. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these things that he constructs for people are like meant to um, either punish them for some wrongdoing that they've done or teach them to be better people to overcome their some weak some weakness that he has identified in them um and it's so it's all about like making the world a better oh sure through torture (laughs) torture. now what i've gleaned from this new one though is he was uh, tobin bell is the actor who plays jigsaw and he somehow slash john carpenter i think so i didn't know that they'd given him a name but i think i'm right about that but somehow he keeps not dying even though i think he should have died (laughs) a Um, lot of times well what what appears to be the case in this movie if i understand it correctly is he was um diagnosed with this brain tumor or something and then connected to some top surgeons who send them to the special place in that's the who world. They def- that's what the top surgeons like to work on is a crazy psycho Well, killer. wait for it. And I think <laughs> what what it. I learn is you see a bunch of montages of him like go, going under in an operating room or whatever. But then I think it's revealed that these people actually didn't do anything to remove the tumor because they knew he was a bad person. I'm right. assuming. Sure. And so it's these like three or four people who are in the medical industry who he's now trapped in his dungeon because they and he's betrayed gonna, him yes and they like, did not obey their hippocratic oath and because it takes sounds like they want serious. of course he does uh, especially he's when a it's very his, moral man yes and so he makes them be, and because they have medical knowledge they're doctors and whatnot yeah. he forces them to do horrible things to themselves right. like remove body parts and and uh parts of their own brain is a, is a extremely 
th- is extreme through line. I know because yeah. he's a good person. Because he's a good person. Anyway, um, so that is all not for me. That is terrible, and we're not going to talk about but that this anymore. This is fun. But the begin, but but this video that you posted here begins with a parody of the Nicole Kidman AMC. Um, little kind of pr- welcome back after the pa- feels good in a place exactly like this. after the pandemic, it, the movie industry did a did a lot of like kind of various marketing campaigns to get people to feel comfortable coming back to the movie theaters, and you had this one that became very quickly parodied and went viral of Nicole Kidman uh, walking into a movie theater and her voiceover is just talking about how special the movie going experience is. The famous line, as Genevieve just said, is heart- even heartbreak feels good in a place like this, um, and so this is a parody of that whole thing only this time so it's the the little the little guy's name isn't jigsaw huh but this is the little puppet from i think the little the puppet Saw is movie. called billy okay so this is little billy and billy is riding around on a tricycle is that how billy always gets around or is this a new thing i uh, you know like i said i feel like billy wasn't a part of the movie the saw movies that i saw um and so i don't know a lot about Billy, but I guess he rides a tricycle. Okay. I mean, clearly he does because they make a little joke about it in this in this scene. Yeah, at one point this, you see him ad. riding the tricycle, but then he hits a step. Yeah, he's he... trying to go up the stairs in the auditorium of the movie theater, and he like just bumps into a stair, which I thought was a pretty good sight gag. We come to this place for a reawakening. We come to the theaters to scream, to beg. Indescribable feeling we get when the lights flicker. Oh, he bumped into a stair. When the lights flicker on and off, and your calls for mercy go unanswered, and you wake up chained in a dirty warehouse, somehow still breathing, blood-soaked blades on a huge silver screen, fear that I can feel. Somehow, self-amputation feels good (laughs) in a place like this. (laughs) Traps. They make movies better. (laughs) That is a really ingenious um, way of marketing that film. Yeah, I'm really into it. I love it. I I don't love the Saw franchise. I have no need for it in my life, but I can really appreciate that. I am... I don't think the name is John Carpenter. I'm going to skip ahead. I was going to say in this that w- that surprised me that they would go that literal. I wanted. I, I'm mad at myself, and now I said I wasn't going to do this. I'm going to play a little bit of this trailer. It's. It, I don't think it'll be like horrific to hear the audio of this, but they say his name a bunch, and I want to see. According to these scans, out of all the men to cheat, you picked John Kramer. Please don't hesitate. Ah, uh, John Kramer, not. John Carpenter. John Carpenter's John Kramer. Yeah. I thought it was like a little nod to John Carpenter. Maybe this is the little boy from Kramer versus Kramer, and that's what divorce turned him into. Oh, wow. There's a real... One thing to consider. Yeah, there's a lot to consider there, I would say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, I realize that this this show is going very long. Um, Should we go through the last three of these? Um, What's Winston Wolf? Well, so you know who Winston Wolf is. He's the wolf. Oh, from the old Pulp's Fiction. From the old Pulp's Fiction. Yes. This is a really weird campaign. This is for a UK insurance company called Direct Line Insurance. And they made six or seven of these ads where Harvey Keitel reprises his role as he identifies himself as I'm Winston Wolf. I fix things. He's Winston <laughs> Wolf, the fixer. He's dressed in his tuxedo. Do you have to pay for that? 
he should i that's what i wonder they don't they don't use they use some like sound alike music from pulp fiction but they don't use that like the recognizable pulp fiction mm-hmm. music um but he just like knocks on people's doors or comes up to them when they're experiencing like car trouble or whatever and just like does a little bit of like how Winston Wolf would act except he's just telling them they should get insurance so in this first one he he it all it always starts with him pulling up in his red sports car which usually you know in the movie says the wolf mm-hmm. or wolf or whatever um but instead this the vanity plate says direct the direct car pulls up and then Winston Wolf is knocking on your door and asking you how he can help You're Dave, right? Yeah. Winston Wolf. I fix problems. May I come in? Sure. You must be Lucy. I understand your computer, TV, and bike have been stolen. Right? Right. And you've sent photos of these items to direct line. Yeah. Then if all is good, replacements will be ready to send within eight hours. Great. Now, Lucy, there are people out there who can make sure this never happens to you again. What will they do? Fit a burglar alarm. Kind of sound alike. So, and there's one more here that's actually a little bit funnier. It's almost more like, it's more evocative of the original scene because there's a a mess of like strawberry jam or something everywhere. So it sort of like has like the the blood cleanup Mm -hmm. uh, element to it. And he finds in amidst the all all this mess uh, a bunny named Roger, like a stuffed bunny named Roger that's covered in sauce or whatever. Jenny Winston Wolf, I fixed problems. Good, I got one. Saw you were making chocolate fudge cake when a little accident caused damage to your mobile. Yes. And to Roger the Rabbit. Right. Okay, you have direct line home plus insurance. So your phone can be replaced or you can have cash. Your call. But not on that, obviously. No. Can you send me a new one? Sure. Now, your daughter Connie comes home at 3.30 in the p.m., correct? Uh-huh. <laughs> that gives us 40 minutes to get the fudge out of Raj. <laughs> the, the fudge out of Raj. Right. That's kind of actually fun. kind of funny. I'm surprised that, um, well, obviously I'm surprised that they can just use this character. And also, it's a little, like, um, it's hard for me to pair this with British commercials. You yeah, know, so of, American. It's so it's such an American movie. It's such an LA movie, yeah. of course. And some of them are even much there's one where he helps a uh, bride like a hen a bachelorette party, they call it a hen do there. Uh-huh. He helps like a hen do that has had a breakdown on their car and act car accident or something. And it's all of the terminology in that one is so British. Like instead of calling a taxi, they, he says calling a higher car. So he's using mm. all this terminology that's meaningful to his audience, but sounds really weird coming out yeah. of Winston Wolf's yeah, mouth. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't. I, I we're done with these ads. I just want to mention one story okay. that I read that I looked really hard for. I think it hasn't come out yet, but according to the New York Post, Robert De Niro, who and this is article which i will include in the in the show notes this article is hilarious because it's typical new york post and it's like robert de niro is broke because of all of these divorces he's been through Uh and like and they like detail the terms of his divorce settlement he has to pay his ex-wife a million dollars a year until she remarries or one of them dies Uh so because he's so broke he gave all this money to democratic campaigns so because he's so broke from uh getting divorced and whatnot um he is now uh, sh- uh, pitching for Uber. 
And I have seen ads where he's pitching for Uber that are pretty funny. Mm-hmm. But supposedly one of the ones he's working on with Uber is where he reprises his role as Travis Bickle. No. <laughs> Allegedly. There's just no you way no you way? have. I mean, taxi driver, a Uber. racist, homicidal, psychopath. The scene be with the spokesman. The scene that Harvey Keitel in, and I realize he's not I the one who says it. Spokespin. Sorry about that. He's a spokespin. He's a spokespin. Um, okay, but like a lot of these scenes are from things that are adjacent to very offensive yeah breaking things. bad breaking see it's so funny i like, mean the, the scene that harvey Keitel is in is yeah. like the worst scene in pulp fiction it is it's like yeah. so unwatchable now. it's it's so well you have you also have quentin tarantino writing lines for himself so he as a white man can say the n-word yeah, that's what i reason. mean like yeah. it's, it's really yeah, but it's also really gritty i mean yeah. not only that but also it's like they're literally cleaning bur- that commercial where the woman makes the mess in the kitchen is supposed to evoke literal brain matter that is splattered in the back of a car. Also, um, another anti-hero, in in fact, Travis Bickle is often grouped in as an example with Walter White. As dumb, usually American men get confused about who to root for right exactly. and like you can have anti-heroes in your um in your entertainment or whatever but like then they become kind of heroes yeah. and 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 like travis bickle is i mean that's just such a despicable portrayal though well you you may be right and maybe this was just hype that I mean, the new york post is spinning up but you read it not me i just i just feel like there would, be, for it. there would be so much backlash to that don't you think wow in this america yeah, I really don't think so. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words they're saying. Only the echoes of my mind. It almost reminds me of like an old Ben Stiller sketch from the Ben Stiller show. Like, wasn't it? Oh, he creates. Um, Oh gosh, I'm not going to be able to think of who who's the other uh, out there director who made um Oliver Stone. Oliver Stoneland. Oliver Stoneland is one of the best sketches. So basically it's you take all these so really funny. really dark you, topics and you turn them you into fun into it, it, silly rides. Is silly rides or whatever at an amusement park and there's something about just being like Hey, you are talking to me. Yeah. You're talking to me? Yeah. Like somehow turning that into a way to sell a ride share. I agree, but I just think it's like we're totally through the looking glass and nothing shocks me anymore. Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, I mean, lots of things shock me, but like nothing shocks us. Jodie Foster. The royal me. Jodie Foster waiting for an Uber outside of a... (laughs) See, it writes itself. <laughs> out of a house of the campaign headquarters. Oh my god. She's adult Jodie Foster, but she's wearing the the uh the the baby hooker outfit. Yeah, right. But and there is also, doesn't he like doesn't he like stand outside and menace some sort of a um election headquarters? Sybil as well? Shepherd. Oh, that's Sybil Shepherd. I'm confusing those two characters. Right. Okay. Um uh we have gone very long in today's show. I just want to play for you a couple of commercials here that um were submitted by Josh. Actually he he submitted one and said this is my favorite ad at the moment. Um but then I found the other two from the campaign. I peeked ahead. Um I've seen these. These have been in heavy rotation. Oh, you have. I watch a lot of Pluto. Oh yeah. And so Pluto uh, you know, weirdly advertises itself. Oh, that's interesting. I would assume that the uh, Pluto it has and I, I think we've we've done this on the show recently and I got half of it wrong so I should just be careful and let the moment pass but I think Pluto's um 
kind of, I don't know if business model, but certainly marketing plan is an interesting one because everything is on demand these days and you mm-hmm. can watch things on demand on Pluto, but also it's like, isn't Pluto the one that is also set up to sort of it's, recreate like a, a channel flip? Like it's they just have a channels. Channel? Yes, they yeah, have channels. Can, and the channels are unlike, you know, channels past. It, they don't have, basically each channel is like one thing. Mm-hmm. So I have my Pluto permanently I broke the knob off and left it uh, on MST mystery Science oh, yeah, Theater sure, yeah. channel because I just like having that on when I'm doing house chores or whatever but one time we watch a whole bunch of family ties in a row yes. it's almost like back if you're a 90s kid like us it's like when they used to have those like uh, marathons of a right. TV and show it's basically a marathons and so I, what might be a family ties channel one day will the next day be you know Barney Miller or something you know and it's like it can be as random and as old fashioned as that yeah I love that stuff um, but there's usually like like a bunch of movie channels. There's like an action movie channel. There's like a comedy movie channel. I think there's a Comedy Central channel, which is pretty great. Oh yes, I where think a lot of old so, Comedy yeah, Central programming that, is that, that is would played. make sense. Boy, because they they were making content way before everybody was making content. Like I think that. Pluto has found like the like the well the the. You know how you go to like a thrift store or a rummage sale or whatever and there's like a box of things that's like everything in this box is 50 cents. Mm -hmm. They found that everything in this box is 50 cents bin of programming of like old programming and they just like that's what they're airing. And and the marketing in this particular case is so smart because they know exactly what they're trying to sell and they're trying to sell it to people like me who have this problem with with, I was telling you before like uh, I'm just going to turn on the TV when I'm folding clothes you or something. You want to pick something to I don't want to sit there. If I have to like be like, okay, I just need something that's sort of like this mood, and I'm just going to be here for about 20 to 40 minutes or something. But the next thing you know, I open up one of the apps, and I'm like, click, click. No, that's the wrong mood. Why can't I just find classic movies? Like, whatever. No, I don't want recommended for you because Genevieve at one point watched Sabrina. I don't know why I'm saying Sabrina. But you I know what I mean? Like, never. I just like um, – but I uh, – and it just then next thing you know, it's been a half hour and you've just been you're grumpy and you haven't chosen anything yet. Like, I'm just an old man. I like streaming services where you can just sort of jump into the stream and and turn on the radio as opposed to dialing up a podcast or yeah. whatever. Um, and that's how these commercials begin. You see people in their home. I think always men in this one. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But you see people in their home and uh, it begins almost mid sentence of them talking to themselves as they're flipping through some sort of on-demand service being like nope I don't want to watch that not in the mood for that already seen that and then somebody sort of intrudes on their space in one way or another in this case this man is sitting in his living room trying to find something to watch on demand and then suddenly a woman comes breaking into his house using a crowbar to break the window and then crawl through the window seen it seen that are you looking for a new true crime show, but the algorithm isn't finding you anything good? Pluto TV has channels just for true crime, and they're all free. Who are you? I'm one of the human beings who programs the shows for Pluto TV. And I also- So their whole thing here is that real humans are programming it. It's not just algorithms. Um, I also love, uh, this woman's performance is 
awesome yeah, great. A- as just like a total Budinsky. And also, I love the fact that she's carrying a crowbar. She busts the window with a crowbar <laughs> and carries the crowbar <laughs> throughout the commercial, which I just find that especially funny. Just for true crime, and they're all free. Who are you? I'm one of the human beings who programs the shows for Pluto TV. And I also break into people's homes to let them know how easy it is to use. <laughs> you need to get out of here. Okay, here I go. I expected a more enthusiastic response from a fan of true crime. Really, I'm disappointed. She is so good, and like, I, I hope that's entertaining as an audio medium. But there's something about her body language that is amazing. Yeah, in she's that. so fun. She's so dis- she's so uh, distracted. She's not even thinking what she's doing because it seems so natural to yes. her. Yes. I also I break into people's homes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love it. I think it's interesting that they're emphasizing that people program these. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, you know, like. It's you, anti-algorithm. Yeah, and you would think that it would, that the efficient that the like cost-efficient way to make a sh- uh, service like this would have it be essentially like Jack FM, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's just like an algorithm. Mm-hmm. They just have all this content. It's co- it's like tagged in such a way that it can be like dumped in into some bucket and play on that in that bucket. Um, so it's interesting that they're emphasizing the like human quality of I it. I think they're just really trying to zig on every other service's yeah. zag. And, you know, to the degree that human there's a human element, like who knows how right. believable that even is. I'm sure it is highly automated. But it's this idea of like, don't you just want to like, I can't remember. They did have a tagline that was like just drop in it's yeah. free or is that is that what i just heard maybe and it's just like like the idea of dropping in i like it too. is so appealing sometimes i don't want to see a whole thing i just want to watch the last 30 minutes of armageddon yeah <laughs> exactly I and by sometimes i mean all the time i think mean girls is another example yeah. of that too i thought of that before when you said like that's the type of movie of oh if it's on i'll leave it on if it's on i'll leave it on that's actually that would be another good tagline for them yeah exactly because that people describe movies that way yeah. now what's your favorite if it's on i'll leave it on type of movie uh, i don't have you seen all three of these? You've been watching so much Mystery Science Theater. You've probably seen all v- versions of this. That one was specifically aimed at true crime genre. This one is aimed at sci-fi. And so some guy's chilling in his living room. Different guy, different living room. Is this guy the guy who takes his pants off in the Snickers ad? Oh, I wouldn't know. It looks like I, I don't know. Um, but he, as he's flipping, he realizes nobody breaks in on him. There's just somebody already sitting in his living room. Have <laughs> you seen this? No, I don't and Somebody who's dressed up like in authentic looking original Star Trek okay. gear. You looking for a good sci-fi show, but just scrolling endlessly instead? Try Star Trek The Next Generation. Who are you? I program Pluto TV sci-fi channels. All you gotta do is turn it on and watch. Three. Hey, that's amazing. Anyway, I gotta go. Enterprise one to beam up. <laughs> I'm just a programmer at Pluto TV. Yeah. How cool would it have been if I <laughs> I just beamed up right now. It would be very cool. I know. Is that great? That one is great. I haven't seen that one. I love everything about it. He's wearing the unflattering front zip uniforms from the early seasons of TNG. If oh, that I'm sorry. I said original. I said, I think I said original um, series uniform. But yeah, it's of course TNG. Sorry yeah. about that. Um, and then this final one. Have you seen the rom-com one? This is one where, again, it's a guy sitting on his couch. I wonder why it's always men. 
Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. And these it are feels the only, very intentional. These are only three I could find so far. Yeah. Um, I hope they make more because the writing is good. Yeah. They're edited I've well. I've definitely seen the true crime one a lot. When he tries to beam up and nothing happens and he just sort of like, not totally deflated, but just acknowledging the situation. Just sort of resigned. He just sits back yeah. down in the living room. How cool like, would that have been? How cool would that have been? Pretty cool. Anyway, this next one um, is a guy sitting on his couch. And again, nobody breaks in, but we just sort of realize that there's a, a young woman or a woman about his age sitting next to him on the couch and this one is aimed at the rom-com crew no seen that like a hundred times looking for a rom-com pluto tv has channels solely dedicated to love they're all free i'm sorry who are you i'm one of the actual human beings who programs the channels on pluto tv cool well i'll give it a shot here let's okay so they both go to grab the remote control at the same time and then their hands touch have you seen this one Vives? no and their hands touch and so you know it's going to happen they're going to have like a real moment here their hands touch and they both start like leaning in for the kiss let's give it a shot Sorry, no, I'm I'm not in love with you. I just want to give you a little taste of the movie. Did a great job. <laughs> now that guy does seem dejected. You 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 did a great job. You did a great job. <laughs> yeah, really, you really, you really had him going. I gotta say. A, so good. A plus Absolutely. to all of those. Yeah. No, no I'm, I am glad to see the ones that I haven't seen in circulation yet. So that's great. Yeah. So um, thank you to Josh. Who to yeah. Thank thanks you, Josh. for sending that in. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. Is this the part of the show where we tell people how to get a hold of us? This is the part of the show where we tell people how to get a hold of okay, us. Okay, can you Don't do that? Don't forget. I've had a very long day. <laughs> We've had a long day. Call us. We love to hear your voices. You, If you want to sing us a jingle or tell us a tale. Tell us a tale. Spin us a yarn. Yeah. Um, call us at 607-444-5597. Again, 607-444-5597. Love it. Um, you can also uh, send us an email at after these messages show at gmail. Um, and if you want to send uh, a voice uh, memo that way, that's another good way to get at us. Um, visit the YouTube page. Andrew's, uh, are you still putting up stuff there? Yeah, yeah. I kind of go in fits and starts. Yeah. But yeah, there's hundreds of uh, commercials that I've uploaded that I found on old VHS tapes. And as always, the Facebook group um, is a good place to gather. And if uh, it's, a, it's one place to see all of the links that we gather for these shows. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next Tuesday.